The following podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network. Find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com. It's like your favorite call-in radio show, without being able to call in, and without being on the radio. Building HVAC Science with Bill Spohn. Welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where it's our goal to create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions better understand each other with the ultimate goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. I did say better. Better marketing for better building companies, creating leads, lifting conversions, driving growth. Now that's the motto of the energy circle, the brainchild of our guest today, Peter Trost, a rare marketer who's taken technical training in building science, which is a central topic amongst most of his clients. He's also upgraded his office space for better IAQ, and he monitors it, so he's into the technology. The Energy Circle's been in business for 12 years, and I've known Peter for nearly that whole time. We even started a mastermind group. There's a link in the show notes if you don't know what that is. We started that group several years ago with two other business owners that are in this market. We chose TUG, TUG, is the unglamorous name for our group, the unnamed group, as our purpose was simply to connect yet encourage and pull each other along. Simple, yet effective, helpful connections are what drives Peter's company. I think of his 25-person team as data-driven expert communicators who are focused on service contractors and HVAC, home performance, solar, and insulation, all the key trades in the built environment. Now, if these topics interest you in the least, please listen to this podcast. Please take a few minutes and read a few posts from the Energy Circle blog or watch one of their free live or recorded webinars. I think you'll walk away informed, if not inspired. Peter is smart, kind, loyal, and a very hard worker. Plus, he knows his shit. Listen in as we speak with Peter Trost from the Energy Circle about the demand for high-performance contracting services. Peter, good morning. Good morning, Bill. Great to see you. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Peter, some people may know you. They've listened to the podcast before or know me or interactions, but why don't you give us some background on yourself and your company, Energy Circle? Thank you. I started Energy Circle about 12 years ago after doing a deep dive into the overall field of building science. I actually took a course that was taught at the time by someone who is now one of our clients here in Maine, where I just immersed myself in building science. The idea of trying to understand this fundamental challenge we all face, which is that we can't solve climate change without addressing the built environment. And as I dug more deeply into that challenge, it it was very interesting to me on a number of levels, one being such a massive business opportunity when you look at 120 million some odd single family homes across the country and just the sheer dollar volume opportunity of going in and fixing those homes. And also the fact that it is a tricky and challenging marketing problem. Very few, as we all know, In spades, very few people are calling up a contractor saying, give me some of that whole house home performance. And so to me as a lifelong marketer and starter of companies, I saw that as just a fascinating and interesting and juicy marketing problem. And so it was really that kernel that was the seed for Energy Circle and has led us to where we are today. And you pretty much stand alone in that space from what I can see. 
There's nobody else doing quite what you're doing. I think that's generally right. I mean, there are other marketing companies that serve the HVAC industry and so forth. We have made a choice to specialize very specifically in high-performance contractors. So when I say that, what I mean is contractors of a different breed that have defined themselves and differentiate themselves on the basis of having a whole house perspective, right? Having the house as a system orientation towards trying to understand the system of both the building envelope as well as the mechanical systems in association with each other and approaching solutions to houses from that whole house perspective. So the simplest definition for what we consider to be high performance is that, that whole house orientation. And we've been fortunate over the years to work with what I consider to be some of the very best contractors in the country. So it's been super rewarding, very especially rewarding to see some of these companies grow in the times that we've been working with them, grow significantly and really run thriving businesses. And at the end of the day, that's what motivates us and gets us out of bed every morning. And you are even more involved than just at a business level. You're on different boards at different associations. You very generously give several times a month webinars with really juicy details. You just give it away. I know you, but my listeners should know you as being a person very passionate about this. <laughs> it comes out in your voice and your tone, but you're involved in other things. What are some of these other things that you do to help move the needle? Similar to you, Bill, I feel a real obligation to give back to the industry that we're all dedicated to and trying to promote. And similar to you, the primary way in which I do that is my board seat on the Building Performance Association. So that's really where I give most of my time back to the industry. But at the same time, we're in a very unique spot to be at the center of a lot of the most important issues that we're facing as an industry. So the recruiting challenge is one, for example, that I think is every company is challenged with. We as an industry are challenged with. Our objectives to fix a lot of homes is challenged with. So that's an area in which we're taking advantage of our footprint across the country and the work that we do with contractors day in and day out to try to share what we're learning in, in the recruiting category, for example, I think the big question we're all facing is, what is the messaging that's going to draw young people into our industry? So in that sense, what we're learning, I want to share freely because this is really a central issue for all of us. Similarly, around electrification. So this is a hot topic. And as the world evolves, as electrification becomes more understood, the whole challenge of how does one identify the homeowner that is interested in electrification in and of itself, right? Not just I want a heat pump because I never had air conditioning before or something like that, but they really are motivated by I want the fossil fuels out of my house and I want to take part in this decarbonization via electrification. So lots of topics like that. I think we can use the data set that we collect on behalf of our clients, aggregate all that data in one place and then share it openly. The mechanism by which we do most of that sharing is a webinar that we do on Wednesday evenings. It's usually a half an hour on a very kind of specific topic. We try to be really sharp and very actionable. You are. <laughs> good. Well, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for participating. You're a regular, so I so much appreciate that. But that's where we're trying to take what we're learning and give it back. And one of the things that's a truism, I think, about our industry is just what a range of company sizes there are. And we're privileged to work for some very successful multi-million dollar contractors. But at the same time, we know that this industry is only going to accomplish its goals with lots and lots of small companies. And so our first 
lead is to say to those kinds of small companies, here are the steps you ought to take. And we'd love for you to grow up and be big enough and to have enough revenue to justify hiring a marketing firm like us. But we know there's a pathway to getting there. And we want to just do everything we can to help those companies succeed. So I know you survey a lot of data and you have a lot of clever people on your team that communicate that data in very easy to understand ways. But why don't you describe in your words, what are the kinds of things the Energy Circle does for its clients? Yeah. So the way we've set up the business model is that we want to be the month in and month out marketing arm of really good companies. And we've talked so far mostly about contractors, but a growing part of our business is what we call business to business, meaning other companies in the industry that are not necessarily marketing their products or their services to consumers, but they're very often marketing those services directly to contractors, right? So an example of this would be Ventacity, which is the maker of the most efficient commercial ventilation products, HRVs and ERVs, and also a growing line of indoor air quality monitoring devices. And they are bringing their product out to market to contractors, to architects, to engineers, building owners and specifiers. And so that's a growing part of the business. For the most part, our day in and day out activity revolves around a variety of digital marketing and lead generation tactics. Google Ads tend to continue to this day to really be the workhorse of what we do. Very effective on behalf of contractors because a well-structured Google Ads program campaign orients itself towards commercial intent, right? People are seeking a service, trying to buy that service. And if we can match that search with that contractor and get a good outcome, we get very, very good results from that. That's a part of the mix. We tend to do a fair amount of social advertising using Facebook and Instagram. In those cases, more mediums that are more suited to building awareness, right? Building awareness of a company, building awareness of a cutting edge product like a heat pump that many people don't really know much about. We have a full team of writers and content developers that do all forms of content development from written blog posts to infographics to video and communication in our world because so many of the topics that we're dealing with are educational in nature. Homeowners don't understand home performance. They don't understand how heat pumps work. They are interested but curious about this whole electrification thing the highly educational challenge, which can be solved by really good content. So we've got a four-person team. They're all BPI certificate of knowledge trained and do nothing all day but write about these kinds of topics. And that content feeds into search engine optimization, which is really the task of how do you win traffic to a website through organic means, natural traffic that is just out there searching and so forth. And there's lots of change, of course, going on in the world of digital marketing, Google My Business for service area businesses to become incredibly important, more and more accessible kinds of things like streaming services, Spotify and Pandora and so forth that we're, we're using quite effectively. So as the digital marketing landscape expands and those products become more accessible to smaller businesses at an affordable price point, there's more and more of that going on. And so what usually is happening is that we sign up a client on a, we figure out an initial budget to set our course on. We deploy a bunch of those tactics. We report dutifully and in great detail about performance. And then we course correct and adjust as we go. And we've always stood for 
the principle that someone should only continue to engage us and pay us if we're performing. And so we've never had contracts. And so most of our services are month to month with a very flexible cancellation clause, but that has served us really well. We've had just longstanding relationships for seven and eight and 10 years in many cases of just providing these kinds of services month in and month out. It also sounds like there can be the desire or aspiration to be a high performance contractor, but do you ever see contractors who just aspire to it, but they just don't have the bones, the structure, the right thing to do? Can you guide people through that? Are there some real basic elements they have to have intrinsically? If I understand the question, part of what's going on here is a little bit of a chicken and egg challenge, right? An HVAC contractor that is thoughtful about their business would probably say to you and me, I understand the importance of the envelope. This is often the case. I've struggled with subs that I tried to use for envelope work. I would like to be in the envelope business, but there are significant impediments to doing that, right? The labor crisis being a big one right now. So oftentimes the challenge and task for us is to try to demonstrate that demand in advance so that people can make good business decisions about it. It's a high-risk move to buy a spray foam truck or buy a box truck for cellulose, significant expense. The labor associated with that is a significant investment and business risk. And so part of what we have to do leading up to some of those decisions is build up and show that demand. So very often, what we are beginning, we first of all, getting those companies positioned as high performance, right? So in other words, communicating to the world that this is, we approach things differently than your standard, typical HVAC contractor and showing them in very empirically through real data that the demand is there, the phone is ringing for those services so that people can make really good business decisions about whether to make that move. And of course, HVAC adding envelope is one direction, but at the same time, and this is really one of the more exciting parts, I think, of the transformation of the industry that's going on right now are the traditionally envelope-only contractors, the ones that have, by the old definition that I'm not a fan of, of home performance, meaning air sealing and insulation companies, so many of those now have made the transition into heat pumps and as a step in the direction of full mechanical services. And that, I think, as we all know, that depending on the climate zone and where you are in the country, success around heat pumps is going to be very dependent on addressing the building envelope. And so to have companies that walk in both of those worlds is, I think, going to result in much better work. And what we're seeing amongst those companies is just incredibly thriving businesses. So it's really the heat pump category is something that's near and dear to my heart. We're doing a lot of heat pump marketing. There's a lot of regionality. We talked about this on the webinar this week of just how much regionality there is around the country in terms of how people even refer to things, whether they call these product ductless, whether they call this product mini split, whether they call this product a heat pump. And there's significant regional variations about all of that that are important to know. But I do think there is the direction of more fully integrated contractors that are not very super isolated to either just mechanicals or just envelope is really in a state of significant transition. And I think for the positive, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind based on who we're working with that that integrated business model is a much better business, right? Far less seasonal, more variation, bigger jobs, significantly bigger jobs, right? That's You see these fully integrated contractors having average job sizes that are in the thirty six dollars to $40,000 a job range, 
which is the envy of somebody who might be out there swapping boxes for $4,500 or $5,000 or $6,000. You mentioned earlier aggregate data across your customer base. And of course, you sanitize it and you blend that together. And that data, which is perhaps the many experiments that you run over time in marketing with them in different regions of the country. And by the way, I think you cover how many states? We can claim someone who we work with and or uses our web platform in every state in the country. So in Canada too. So So you have a taste of regional variations. You have aggregate data from actual mini experiments where you're running these programs and plans. And all that data comes back into your team and you can use that to serve every customer. I'm just going to say I'm a big fan of what Peter does and you'd be dumb not to try it out <laughs> because it's like delving into the encyclopedia of knowledge in this very refined area. Of course, you are specialists, but talk about, I think you also deal with solar insulation, HVAC, home performance. Can you talk about that mix? We use the term better buildings to define our sector. And I know that's not necessarily a term of art, but it's our way of saying, look, if you are doing work in a building to improve its energy efficiency, to improve its mechanical systems, its ventilation, and or its production of renewable energy, that's our zone. We also have a growing part of business in high-performance new construction, so a very unique set of usually custom but very high-performance new construction companies that are doing things on the level of passive house, super efficient homes like yours, Bill. And so that's our sector. And I think what has been interesting to watch over the years is just the transformation and morphing of the sector. And I think what's happened from my perspective is that there's very few monolithic business models out there anymore, right? It's people are, you have in these northern cold climate locations, Maine and Vermont being the leaders, you've got this whole new breed of company that has risen up as just a heat pump company, that they wouldn't necessarily define themselves as traditional HVAC. They're not really doing anything else, but they're selling heat pumps in significant volume. And that's unique to the sort of unique regionality of these northern climates that traditionally that have lots of oil, a single head mini split can take some load off that oil without necessarily a complete system swap out. And you've got these places like where I live in Maine, we've never had air conditioning before, right? And so suddenly we've got super efficient air conditioning. So that's happening. We're seeing more traditional HVAC companies add solar, right? And whether they choose to go to market in solar against straight solar companies or simply use solar as a way to more broadly sell to their existing customer base. We're seeing lots of success there. This amazing, and I think the new legislation, which is literally even seeing one of our solar customers in the Boston area, good-sized company, just we think that we're seeing demand rise just based on the enthusiasm and attention around the Inflation Reduction Act, just because of the extension of the tax credits and the removal of the uncertainty about the tax credits, which has obviously been such a driver of solar for so long. So I go back to, you look at the companies that have figured out a way to offer lots of services. These are really thriving companies that have built strong customer bases, can return to those customers to say, there's this new heat pump rebates in, the, in New York state, or we now have solar to offer you. We've been very involved, as you know, and following your lead around the, all of the issues around healthy home and indoor air quality and 
really trying to navigate this through COVID and the awareness that got built about indoor air quality during COVID. The end result of which is that we've seen an uptick in the ability to sell whole house ventilation, whereas it's always been our biggest challenge in indoor air quality to get a homeowner to understand the house as a system as opposed to just immediately concluding, well, I just need to get a HEPA filter or some kind of fancy filter to deal with this, that the building performance really has everything to do with it. And so that has changed and is very exciting, right? It's not necessarily an easy sell. And once again, very few homeowners have a perspective about the ventilation, but a couple of our clients have really added to their diagnostic processes. We will determine what ventilation you have. And as there's been so much attention to it around schools and offices and air changes per hour, suddenly you're getting talked about at the homeowner and consumer level people are curious. And so we're seeing at the margin some of that change where, yeah, tell, come evaluate what I have for ventilation. And as you well know, the degree of confusion is amazing. People think that mini splits are providing ventilation, right? So the hot air that comes out of the condenser is the cool air that's blowing in the evaporator. It's the same air, right? And those little pipes moving air? Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Those little copper pipes. <laughs> You mentioned a couple things here where you walk the talk with your team. You said your team has received certification in building BPIs, building performance principles. I know you did some mods on your office to improve the ventilation there. You want to talk a little bit about that? So maybe the value of the building performance principles. What have you seen with someone who worked for you that didn't have it versus when they received that? What draws people to work at Energy Circle, and there's now 25 of us, and we look for often expertise in their field. They come in as a marketer, they come in as a content developer person, they come in as a technology developer, a web developer. Most of the time, that's first. Second, typically, is they want to work for a company like Energy Circle because we're doing something different in the world. You're not just out there slinging marketing for personal injury lawyers or dentists or orthodontists or whatever. This has got a bigger purpose to it. With that base of expertise, we have to get people to fully embrace and understand building science principles. And we use the BPI certificate of knowledge as our core entry point into that. And then we just do everything we possibly can to help people get educated. We bring folks to the Building Performance Association Home Performance Conferences. We get them to volunteer on some of the technical tracks. We're quite generous in terms of helping people with their own homes. We have a new person who just moved to Maine from Bakersfield, California, rented an apartment site unseen, gets in there, and her children are sick from what she assumes to be mildew, right? And of course, that leads us down an entire track. As you mentioned, in our own office, we had the luxury when we moved in of dictating to the landlord that we wanted to go with an all-electric system. So we have a very sophisticated Fujitsu VRF system with the Ventacity HRV separately ducted system. We have two sets of monitoring devices in the office, the IAQ Pro from Ventacity and also the Aware Omni, which I know you're well acquainted with. And we make the data public. So the indoor air quality of the office at Energy Circle is on the internet. You can look it up and you'll notice at the moment that we're having some humidity challenges. But it's been a great learning experience for all of us to dive into this. And when COVID happened and we looked at the original ventilation calculations and looked at what the recommendations were 
on air changes. We made some adjustments and the beauty of the system was I could do it, right? I just went into the system and just, I turned up airflow. So it's great. We battled with the HVAC contractor and are still battling on MERV 13, but all of these become little moments where we're experiencing things directly that happen all the time. They're happening out there in the world. And so we do everything we can to bring everybody along. We've written pretty extensively and very transparently about all of this on the Energy Circle blog. And so it's fun. I think these end of one experiments, you can really learn a lot. And I'm just, I'm hopeful we can do more and more of this with our staff's individual homes. So it's a good way to learn. Before we started, we spoke about a recent event that we both attended, which was Building Science Summer Camp. More so about the Building Science Corporation. And you had a role in their website. Want to talk about that? Yeah. So we have the honor, frankly, to manage buildingscience.com. And on behalf of Betsy Pettit and Joe Stebrick at Building Science Corporation, I no doubt your listeners have spent many hours on buildingscience.com. It is a... Well, if not, they should now. <laughs> they should now. Well, it's a marvel of a site in the sense of how much organic traffic it gets around these many infamous articles that Joe has written and various articles that were written as part of the Building America research projects over the years. And there's an enormous treasure trove of some, in some cases, academic, but in some cases, very in-depth information about all kinds of topics, the perfect wall, and et cetera. And so, yeah, we have the privilege of managing the website on behalf of Building Science. We're doing a significant upgrade on it right now. As I said, it's a site to see if you could look under the hood and see how much traffic it gets. It's pretty phenomenal. And of course, it's the engine for Building Science Corporation in terms of their consulting services and all of the trainings in building science principles and fundamentals that Joe Stebrick does, which are extraordinary and something that I strongly recommend people take advantage of. If they've never had a class with Joe, it's smart and he's an extraordinary person and a lot of fun to get taught by. <laughs> yeah. And they do in-person as well as online? Yeah, I think we're getting back to primarily in-person. So there was more online, obviously, during the COVID times, but it moves around the country. So his Building Science Fundamentals, I think, is in four or five cities at various times. It's all on buildingscience.com in terms of when the next ones are. But I, I've i sat through some of those. You always meet really amazing people. There's always a lot of fun. Whenever you're around Joe, the eating and drinking after hours is tends to be rather on the high quality side, let's say. Those are really terrific. And then, of course, summer camp is this giant event with June I just attended of just fascinating people from all walks of the industry, including academia and manufacturers and contractors and really fascinating topics. There's some great, really interesting things, not all of which are 100% relevant to what we're all doing day in and day out, but just sitting around learning about the building science challenges of cathedrals in Europe it can be just absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your most trafficked blog posts? Oh, this is a good question. You're going to make me dig into the archives. It's interesting. We, in the very beginning of Energy Circle, we started the company in the depths of the recession, 2008, 2009. And there was a lot of guidance from business folks at that point that was like, look, whatever you do, go directly to the fastest revenue you could find. And one of our ideas back then, because we really did launch with a web platform that would be easy for lots of small companies in the business to adopt a ready-to-go website, 
is that we observed that after an energy audit and or maybe some retrofit work, there was also a significant amount of purchases that got made by a homeowner getting serious about energy that would typically not accrue any benefit to the contractor. So people go to Home Depot and get some LED lights and they might get some smart strips and they might get an indoor air quality monitoring device. Faucet regulator or something. Yeah, Nest thermostat, whatever it was. And so we had a store originally. And what's interesting, just to answer your question, is that some of the things that we wrote about those things in the beginning that we started before Nest thermostats even existed. And so then we wrote about, oh, the advantage of becoming a Nest certified installer. And so that blog post to this day continues to get lots and lots of traffic. So it's interesting. I think that it's so fascinating about the process of writing blog posts. And we've done a lot of analytics to try to determine what causes a certain blog post to go viral. And the ones, honestly, that I'm much more interested in are the ones we've done on behalf of clients. And one famous one was somebody mentioned something in a call and said, the client told me today that there was a smell coming out of their system that smelled like dirty socks. So we end up writing this blog post uh, about dirty sock syndrome, and it gets a little bit of a blip. It goes dark for literally a year, and then somehow, just through the nature of how these things happen, this thing suddenly goes viral. And for the last two to three years, for this particular client, this one blog post represents about 20% of the overall traffic to their website. And it's just because a particular subject got caught. And so we work very, very hard to try to understand those patterns and try to sort that out. It's not easy, right? It just, who knew that a subject like dirty sock syndrome would suddenly get some traction and more and more people would be searching for dirty sock syndrome and finding this blog post for one contractor in the state of New Jersey. So yeah, it's a little bit the analogy of getting up to bat a lot of times. If you stay uninjured and you get up to bat a lot of times in a baseball season, you know, you're going to hit the ball every once in a while, right? So that is one of the cases for a regular approach to blog posting is that you never quite know what's going to hit and it will. But lots of ours that have been successful are in that theme of very giving, five things you ought to do to maximize your presence on Facebook, that kind of thing. And all very specific. We're not doing this generically in any way. We're doing, this is about how does a high-performance contracting company utilize these mediums in an effective way. Do you have any typical websites you could share with your customers? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Yeah. I mean, lots and lots of them. Buildingscience.com, obviously, we talked a little bit about one of the also in the business-to-business category that we've done that I'm pretty proud of is we built the two microsites for the Passive House Institute, one for commercial application of Passive House and the other for multifamily. So those can both be found at theist.org. But then our routine day-in and day-out website work on behalf of our contractors was really the bread and butter. So TotalHomePerformance.com in Maryland, Princeton Air in New Jersey, Brower Mechanical in California, Hassler Heating in California. There's lots and lots of these. And we define website success on the basis of performance. And for the most part, there's lots of performance indicators that we think about when we're talking about websites. But the one that I think matters the most in most cases is conversion rate. So if you got 100 people to visit your website, how many of those 100 people left you a lead or left you a trackable means of contacting them? And that's been a fascinating how people are 
contacting contractors has changed quite a lot over time. It used to be much more dominated. People would fill out a form. Now people really want instant gratification. So there's more and more people are picking up the telephone. And for those companies that have been able to build out the resources to handle it, online live chat and or live messaging has become an increasingly dominant way. I think the fascinating is to see this evolution of what I call the instant gratification thing, which is that when a homeowner is in the mindset to try to reach out and contact a contractor, they want to do so immediately and don't have much trust in filling out a form and expecting that they're going to get a quick response. The other really interesting phenomenon, and I mentioned Google My Business a while ago, there is when I sit down and I search for XYZ contractor and I get a Google search engine result page that includes all of the information about all the organic results, which might be reviews on Yelp and Better Business Bureau and your YouTube channel and so forth. And then also all the information on Google My Business that exists about that company. We are seeing a huge trend towards people never clicking through to the website. There's so much information there that they can make a decision on that people are contacting contractors directly from that page without ever clicking through the website. It's what's called a zero-click search. And we track this because we track it. One case, big contractor in Delaware, 49% of their telephone calls were from the Google My Business panel because we track that number without ever clicking through to the website. So Lots and lots of interesting things like that. And to your earlier question about this is where the benefit of our aggregate data starts to come to bear. We see these trends happening. One, we're talking about heat pumps this week and earlier in this conversation. There's the question-based nature of searches around heat pumps has always been the dominant thing. People asking, how do these things work? Do they really work in the dead of winter? all of the normal questions that you see. And what's happened is in these markets that are maturing is that some of that question-based search is shifting towards search terms like heat pump installer, which is a very, very good sign because when someone is searching for that, they want somebody to come do the work. And so we've seen that rise of heat pump installer, contractor, heat pump company, whatever it is, the indicator that someone's looking for that service. We've seen that on significantly on the rise. And so that's a reflection of this growing popularity and what's going on. But again, all these regional variations, the mini split as a category is rising. It's quite fascinating, whereas duckless is somewhat declining. So we get to see all these different trends and apply them across the country. It's a truism, though, that every region is a little bit different. So we bring to bear everything we know about the category universally, but marketing heat pumps in Sacramento, California is a lot different than marketing them in Burlington, Vermont. But we have this advantage of starting out with such a deep set of knowledge and such a deep set of data that once we get out there and we start collecting data in a search marketing campaign, we can then just make those adjustments on a regional basis. And it's really exciting. We've seen, I think in certain markets, heat pumps are accomplishing a tipping point. There's enough awareness of them across a state or a particular region that suddenly the demand just takes off on its own. This happened years ago around crawlspace issues, right? And where it was just fascinating that a term that we would all consider to be very professional and geeky term, crawlspace encapsulation, suddenly 
based on we saw that term get used more and more and more and more by normal homeowners. Like who would have thunk, right? That it entered the pedestrian vocabulary somehow. Exactly. And a lot of what counsel and preach to folks is we can to some degree predict where these are going to go. And so heat pumps is keep talking about heat pumps, but this is the big opportunity. First mover advantage is very, very real. We had a client in Northern Mass two and a half, three years ago said, look, I just want to go all in on heat pumps and I want to win this. I want to win organic traffic for heat pumps. And we just did a regular content development plan for them. We produced literally about 25, 26 pieces of content a year for two years. And they, in their particular part of the country, they dominate and the amount of their organic traffic has gone up by tenfold. And they can almost run their entire business just based on that organic traffic that's coming in at this point. And to differentiate, just to be sure listeners know, organic traffic is free. You have to earn it, but it's free. Precisely. So the earning it is usually the result of good content, obviously smart search engine optimization practices. But fundamentally, I like to say that this is not the black art that the SEO consultants will be calling you, pitching you on a day in and day out basis. It can be pretty straightforward, but it does depend on having a really good and regular content strategy that's smart, that understands the keyword landscape, understands where it's going, and plays that game. But the payoff is really significant. It becomes, in a sense, an annuity. We've had some examples in the past where people worked really hard, had a really great content strategy, and then for whatever reason just stopped. And even in the cases of stopping, those companies thrived for years before things started to decline. So it's a pedestal you can earn and get on and it can be a big driver. And of course, when that happens, you then have the option of turning up or turning down your paid advertising as much as you want. And so becoming less dependent on that channel is obviously everybody's goal. Sure. Are your webinars archived? They are all archived. You can find them on energycircle.com. And so they're all there. And as I said before, they're typically a half an hour, sharply focused on a particular topic with as much actionable recommendations as we can. There you go. And conversion rate. What's a typical range of conversion rate for your clients? Once we've got things up and running and pretty well tuned, we are regularly seeing conversion rates between 10 and 20%. So it varies considerably across very categories, not to beat the heat pump topic to death, but we see better conversions for the category of terms around heat pump than we do necessarily around mini split or even ductless. But it's all, there's a lot of factors that go into evaluating performance because conversion rate is at the end of the day, probably the most important thing. But at the same time, what did you pay for that click, how many of those clicks did it take to get somebody to convert becomes part of the overall math equation, right? And so at the end of the day, we really want to know cost per conversion. So lots of conversions is good. What we paid to get those conversions matters a whole lot. And so again, it's we often are surprising ourselves at the kinds of things that tend to perform really well. We use a concept or a term inside of Energy Circle called gateways. And so I think that there's a bit of a I think universal truth around high performance contracting services that I said it in the beginning, very few people come through the door saying, I want a whole house solution. People come through the door usually with a something has triggered a particular need. My air conditioner is broken. I am tired of the bonus room over the garage being freezing cold all winter. 
I'm about to have a new child and I want this place to be as healthy as it possibly can be for the birth of that child. Those are the kinds of things that tend to be the entry points into this discussion. And of course, the kinds of contractors we want to work with are the ones that have that whole house perspective, have some kind of initial diagnostic process to get the wheels turning and do a good job of taking that person who self-diagnoses that the bonus room needs a larger heating source and opens their mind to let's figure this out as a system. And so what we've been able to do over the years is define the good gateways, meaning those that lend themselves to the homeowner opening their mind to a bigger solution versus the gateways that are pretty narrow. And classic in this case is windows, right? As much as we all in the efficiency world want to grab somebody by the lapels and say, wait, 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 don't spend $35,000 on windows because you think that's going to solve your comfort problems. The reality that we've discovered over the years is people on a window track are very hard to derail. They decided they want new windows they're very difficult to derail. So this has a lot to do with how we structure these campaigns. Anything related to comfort, typically comfort problems, is very often a very good gateway. If someone just says, look, I'm tired of it being freezing in that room, or I'm tired of it being so hot in that room in summer, that lends itself to people being fairly open-minded to whatever the solution may be. So this is one of the very interesting parts about high-performance contracting and the kind of marketing that we get to do. Would you echo the statement, the likelihood of solving those kind of problems is higher if you understand whole house? You'll have better, more satisfied customers. You'll walk away feeling really good and also selling a large job. (laughs) Exactly. And I think our job is to get the invitation to the dance. And so, because at some point, really... Once you're seated at the kitchen table, right, our job is to some degree over. And so how well that communication goes. But obviously, we set the tone for the nature of how that's going to go. You understand the vocabulary and the process. Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the things that especially these days where so many good contractors are really thriving and they we hear this constantly can't handle any more leads. We're challenged with hiring people. I can't do any more. One of the things I think folks tend not to always realize is that marketing can play a role as a better filter. So this is what I've been calling the MERV 13 marketing program, which is it is better for you. It is a more efficient use of your time if the inquiries coming into your company are from people that are pre-qualified around wanting a more comprehensive solution, right? So if their phone's ringing off the hook with people that are looking for a quick quote, that's not a good use of your time. Whereas you make it very clear, we've done this several times for contractors, are we the right company for you? This is how we approach things. We take a whole house perspective. Some people are go right out and say, look, we are not the cheapest in town. We solve problems comprehensively and that tends to cost more and these are our standards, then the people who get through that filter are the ones you want to be talking to. And so that has been a very effective thing for a few folks. And one of the hardest things to measure, I think, for us is these thriving whole house companies that are doing so well. There is a word of mouth, real world word of mouth that is lifting them up because people are saying, they worked on my house, they did a great job. Maybe it costs a little bit more, but you see it's almost the flywheel concept of where you do great work and it's really paying strong dividends. So that's really 
classic in the marketing sense of the world, the classic positioning. How do we tell the story of your company in relation to the services you offer, the marketplace in which you are serving, and how you separate yourselves from your competition? Like all of that together is what we call positioning. And if you get it right, we found it to be very effective and an attractant to the right kind of customer. Absolutely. So before we leave the conversation, two things. The best way for someone to follow up that's interested. Join your email list. Is it as simple as that? Yeah, you could do that. I love when folks reach out to me directly, peter at energycircle.com. LinkedIn is probably the main place to do so. We do put out a newsletter on a every other week basis. It's free and there's no spam. So that's easy to sign up for. The webinars have no cost and they are most often eligible for BPI CEUs. So folks can do that. But I'd love to hear from people directly. If there is interest in our services, the way we start is a deep evaluation first as to whether or not we feel like we can make an impact. And so sometimes the conclusion is we can't or we don't feel like it's the right fit. But what always happens in those cases is you'll get a lot of value out of what we can tell you. And very often that's one of the roles that I play. I really want to be there at the beginning of those. And when sometimes companies are not quite at the level of sophistication that they're ready for us, but we can tell them some very specific things to go do that are quite doable to get things launched. And I love doing that. And I love those evaluations. And you'll never get a hard sell out of Energy Circle. No, no, never. (laughs) And so I said two things. The other thing was, you have an interesting hobby that you are very committed to. Is it a hobby? Is that what you call it? Or a dis- yeah, I was thinking of a word for a while. <laughs> Addiction? What? Uh, a few years ago, I evolved from just being a few miles of running with the dog in the woods trail runner to being a, I guess, a legitimate ultra marathon runner. So I've stepped it up over the last few years. I think I've done about 12 ultra marathons, five so far this year. And yeah, it's a big commitment. It's something I dearly love. I just love being in the trails and I love being in the mountains. And I think of you often, Bill, just given our history talking about businesses together, there's a lot about ultra marathon running that has lots of analogies for business. First and foremost, there's nothing else in my life that I've ever had to have such a disciplined training and lead up process for. And you get ready for one of these big races and it's a minimum four months. I train all year round, but even as you go, it's a minimum of four months and it's a sequential set of training. And as we think about planning and business, sometimes there's some great lessons there. Obviously, endurance, just persistence. And there's a statement in ultra running called relentless forward progress. And lastly, problem solving. You go out and run a long way. I, I ran 64 miles a few weeks ago and stuff happens. You run into problems and it's all fairly unpredictable. And how well you problem solve as you go is part of the game. Can you overcome things? And your preparedness too, both your physical preparedness, but also what you bring along and how you adapt to the changing conditions that are presented to you in nature. Yeah, exactly. Nutrition's a, how you keep your body fueled for that long with an inevitable massive deficit in the number of calories you burn versus what you do. But in this last race, which is in the mountains of Colorado and had a lot of altitude associated with it and a lot of climbing, a third of the field didn't finish. They dropped out. And a huge number of those dropped out because of GI issues, right? Their stomachs turned. They couldn't keep eating. And so it's fun because there's obviously fitness is really important. But I can assure you, I don't go very fast. 
So I do okay with respect to my age group, but I am somewhere in the one third to one half front of the pack. So it's it's still awesomely inspirational for me and I'm sure others if they could hear more of your stories. No, thank you. Well, thank you. It's a great conversation. I hope the listeners got a lot out of it. There'll be some resources that we spoke about and then also in the show notes for you to follow up with. Peter, thank you again. Thanks for having me, Bill. And thanks for your podcast. It's in my weekly listening and it's a great service to all of us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this interview with Peter Trost of the Energy Circle. If you like what you heard today and not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so by typing Building HVAC Science into the search bar of any of the typical podcast apps. Other trade-related resources and influencers include the HVACR School, HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, HVACR Videos, AC Service Tech, Grayson Corbett from HomeDiagnosis.tv, and of course, Jim Bergman and all the great content he produces on MeasureQuick and with other interviews. Thanks again for listening to this podcast for of Building HVAC Science. We hope you appreciate the work. If you want to drop me an email, share your thoughts, you'll find me at bill at truetechtools.com. The Building HVAC Science Podcast is a production of True Tech Tools Limited. Thanks. Until next time.